You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about feeling like an imposter. This week, we read An Overdue Rethink of the Imposter Phenomenon, published in Psychology Today 2021. Heather, can you think of some times when you have really felt like an imposter? I have lots of times I felt like an imposter in all different roles, whether um, I can think back to actually when I was working in a summer day camp and I was made an assistant director. Uh-huh. And I did not know what I was supposed to do. Oh, great. Thanks for the title. And now I had to walk out and introduce like my staff to parents. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like 20 years old, like not a clue, but like sold it. Like I knew what I was doing. And that was probably my first experience. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, this was not what I expected my day to be like. It was kind of thrown to the wolves. (laughs) I'm glad you you gave that example because I was struggling to think of one as a counselor, I think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, de- I can definitely remember really jobs that I had when I was very early on. Right. Is, and maybe even my first job out of my bachelor's degree thinking this is a pretty grown up job. Right. And I did not feel very grown up. I remember even thinking or considering what to wear mm-hmm. and that I felt kind of funny that like I knew I needed to wear something that looked like work clothes or professional, but I kind of right. that very first interview actually I I overshot myself and I wore this skirt that was like the bottom half of like a suit. Oh yes, <laughs> and it was just too much for right. that job or that right. you know. But I didn't know what that was yet. Right. I didn't know well how do I dress for this type of job or right. for a job that, I mean I think all my previous jobs had either had a uniform or actually a swimsuit. Right. <laughs> I mean, out of those things, <laughs> but that makes me think of another one that of all the pool decks I have ever been on as a swimmer, I think about it without even realizing it, that I come with things in my hand that show that I kind of know what I'm doing. Ah, okay. That if I were going to go swimming and we're not, you know, sipping a drink with an umbrella right. and floating on a floaty, <laughs> but like going to work out, swimming laps <laughs> and swimming with the team that I would always show up with my goggles, my cap, and I would hold them in a way right, where they're not seen <laughs> and that it's clear oh she's got the right kind of goggles so mm-hmm, she knows right. what she's doing right. oh she's yeah. got the right equipment mm-hmm. so she must have done this before actually right. because of covid hadn't been to a, a gym in a long time and pretty recently i rejoined it got a new membership and joined a gym and i did the same thing <laughs> And it was funny because what made me think about it just now was that when I did walk in, I had my stuff in my hand and that somebody who introduced themselves pretty quickly said to someone else next to them, oh, she must know what she's doing. She has. <laughs> so it worked. Right. You, you know, yeah. yeah. Like a cover. Yeah. So maybe I can't think of a counseling specific example right now, but certainly I have felt that before. Right. That, I think like I, I didn't fit. Right. I think I felt that way. Not so much in my practicum. At my school, you had kind of a two-way mirror type situation, which mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily feel imposter syndrome because we were all going through it together. Mm-hmm. But I think when I first led one of my very first groups as a counselor, I was like, 
okay, this is not like summer camp. This is not like preschool. Like there's a therapeutic goal here and I need to like sell it to this group of teenagers. And I don't know what I'm actually doing yet. Like I don't feel confident yet, Uh but I can think of that being like a, oh, you are not even a real counselor yet. Like you're still a baby counselor. Huh. I'm trying to think back about my early experiences and why I didn't feel, and maybe that's something we'll talk about, you know, as we think through our podcast today. Some of my early experiences, I didn't feel like an imposter. I do remember the first time in a counseling agency, someone said, here's your desk. And I thought, I have a desk. I thought like, it's kind of weird. What do I do with this thing? I don't have any need for it. I don't need a phone. I don't need a computer at this point. I just, what am I supposed to do while I sit here? That felt kind of like funny. Imposter yeah. syndrome. Like, right. what am I doing? So, Heather, in this article, there was a large emphasis on gender mm-hmm. and the way that different genders experience the imposter syndrome. What do you think are the specific ways that women experience imposter syndrome versus men? And there was a, a specific difference in the in this article. Right. I think when women view kind of some imposter syndrome are like when they're trying to be something, whether it's super mom and have all the things or whether it's just in your workplace. I think there is a push for it to be pristine, whether it's the cupcakes you're making for a birthday party or it's the presentation you're doing in the office. Yeah, I think there is an expectation that it will just be beautiful, wonderful, and every piece of it will fit flawlessly. I don't think it's the it thing doesn't when, translate. Right. Exactly. And that makes me think I had one of my good, good friends in elementary school. Her mom was a single mom. I was so impressed with her mom. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was really young, I did not know what her mom did for work. I just knew that she dressed nice. Right. And I was just impressed <laughs> with her all the time. Mm-hmm. I just thought she was really impressive. And that says something, right, that right. I didn't really know. But I think thought she must be successful because right. she dresses mm-hmm. nice and I'm impressed with her. And, right. you know, so second grade me thought that was great special. But I also loved that she was just really herself. So you're talking about cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a bake sale, which would never happen anymore. Right. Not in that way. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> right. But we had a bake sale. So ev- everyone in my class was supposed to bring something from home. Mm-hmm. And I do remember that my mom felt a lot of pressure to make something mm-hmm. at home and package and like right. send it off. And it needed to look pretty and taste good and all these things. And my friend who had whose mom was a single mom. We get to school. They, we both get dropped off a little circle drive. And I said, oh, my goodness, you forgot mm-hmm. your bake sale stuff. Because I had my right. little, you know, uh, yeah. container with whatever my mom made. And my friend said, no, I have it. She had her backpack on her back. And she she went right here and pat and patted her back. It was, You're crushing it. Yes, I did. I thought, <laughs> what's in there? Well, her mom bought two boxes of Little Debbie snacks. Right. And I still thought. Wow, she is so fancy. Right. She's so impressive. She did something she's so, so good. <laughs> wow. But she did what she could do, mm-hmm. given that she probably was right. always in a hurry or right. always rushing she to get things. didn't have time to make something at home yeah. and frost it. And do right. I like that idea. So women expect themselves. Do you think they also expect each other to... I think the bar is higher. Yeah. Yeah, to succeed or to feel like they're successful with... Finesse or mm-hmm. flair right. or some kind of style or right. something. Right. So it needs to look good, kind of like the cupcakes. Look right. good, taste good, right. All be homemade. Package. Right. right. And do you think that 
if we're being stereotypical, if the male perspective is, of the imposter syndrome, is it the same or is it different? I think it's different. I think it's more from a functional point of view. Mm -hmm. They definitely experience imposter syndrome. But I think when that's going on for them, it's more about completing a task. Okay. Like more pragmatic. Mm -hmm. So if it's something functional, like did the thing they were trying to do work? Right. Did it, did it get accomplished? And right. Did they meet the need? So it doesn't right. also have to have uh, pretty icing and sprinkles. Not necessarily. I don't think like that, that. I think some may feel that way, but I think in general, if we're going to be broad sweeping here, yeah. that well, pressure is off. Let's talk about that. Because as we, you and I were talking through having read this, we thought maybe that isn't always the case, that women always feel the pressure to do this with some mm -hmm. kind of flair and right. that men don't always feel the lack of that pressure right. to have flair, but right. just to check the box. Correct. So what do you think maybe are the differences rather than gender? Well, I think it could be professions or mm -hmm. it could be roles that you're playing. Mm -hmm. It's very different for different professions. We talked a little bit about like, if you're a teacher, mm -hmm. it is almost necessary <laughs> in like the day-to-day -day functioning. Mm -hmm. So you might be experiencing some of that every single day. And that doesn't matter whether you are male or female. That doesn't ma That pressure is on. Okay. So I don't know that. Maybe like same. a stay-at-home parent. Right. Male or female, you probably feel some pressure to get your kids out the door. Mm -hmm. Reasonably clean. Right. Matching clothes. Hair's kind of cute. Right. That you would feel that pressure that. So it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. Right. So, well, what would be the opposite? If we're saying... Regardless of gender, sometimes you feel the need to succeed with some extra style. Right. When do you think or what roles are there where style's not as important? I can think of different things where it's not, you're not, what about someone that's this like a, a file clerk? It's more okay. functional, right? Mm -hmm. It's more about getting everything done the right way. It doesn't matter. As long as you put your files in the right order and put them in the box, it's not. Okay, maybe what if we defined it as someone who ha is not involved in a personal interaction? Right. I definitely would agree mm -hmm. with that. Maybe like a cashier. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. whether you're a good cashier or not, yes, you need to know how to do the function of your job. Right. But if you have fun while you're doing it and right. you're friendly, then that does make a difference. I absolutely have a Tom Thumb cashier I prefer. <laughs> you actually get in there a lot. I do. Oh, that's it doesn't funny. matter if there's more people or yeah. not. It's like they're just more fun and they're more engaging. And I think that's great. Yeah. So so you would have stood in line and waited longer. And then do you get to the front and you're like, hi. Yes. <laughs> I've yes. been waiting for you. Hi. So, so funny. not so much recently, but like when the kids were especially little, I had my favorites because of how they interacted with my kids. Oh, yeah. Because then they were like, oh, what are you and mom doing today? And it was cute that they engaged with my little ones. And that made me feel better. And I had adult interaction as well. So it all worked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the last part of our article says that, one, yes, imposter syndrome is important. Two, that per this article, there are some gender differences in the way that we experience imposter syndrome. And last, they're concluding actually that Imposter syndrome has less to do with are you successful or are you not successful and more to do with how connected you feel with your environment. Right. What do you think about that? I think it's that pressure is on all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you have that pressure on, like if you're wanting to fit in and you don't quite fit in yet or you're wanting to make that good impression or whatever, that's why the stakes are higher. Mm -hmm. 
And if it's something where you're not, if it's a role where you're not, then you're not. Like it's not the pressure is yeah. as high. So if you're making that connection or you're wanting that connection, but you don't have it yet, you're going to be more inclined to have that. To feel like you don't, right. like you're not succeeding or right. you're an imposter. You know, I gave the example of this, my interview where I dressed probably mm-hmm. too formally. Mm-hmm. I always felt really comfortable at that job. And I do think I felt like I fit. Right. You fit into the mm-hmm. role. Like what they were doing. How they were, I, I it just felt like I fit. I'm trying to think of other places where I wasn't as comfortable and if that were the case. I can think of a shift, which is funny. It's not therapy or work related. It's PTA related. Oh, that is in need of therapy. and <laughs> It's a whole thing in its own. Yes. But when my oldest was first in school and I joined PTA, it was like for me all, like I didn't know these people. It was very important to me. Kind of like your mom with the cupcakes. Like it was important to me. I wanted to make sure we did the right thing. I read every single thing that was ever came home from the school from PT. I mean, just like, absolutely, I'll sign up. I'll do all these things. I'll volunteer for all these things. And now that my last child is about to leave elementary school, which is where you're most focused, it's much more like, okay, I just pick and choose what I want to be part of. And I've yeah. had a total shift. And I don't care if I bring the store-bought cookies because you're thankful that I brought cookies. Like, it's just like, it's a much different scenario mm-hmm. because I think the pressure isn't on. And I learned throughout the way that it wasn't that important. to I thought it was important, uh-huh. but it actually wasn't that important. It was just an overarching idea I had in my head that right. it was going to be a certain oh, thing. Well, I wish <laughs> that had been one of our points, that maybe the imposter syndrome is completely self-inflicted. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it's self-inflicted. Yeah. yeah. What I was thinking, maybe because you were talking about middle school, right. elementary school. What about, can you think of times, it stands out for me as a time where I felt like an imposter in school mm-hmm. and then in times in school where I didn't feel like an imposter, probably all of middle school. Yeah. And they didn't call okay. it middle school. Right. Back then, right. But junior high. <laughs> right. Junior high, pretty much all Absolutely. Uh, the entirety of those right. two years was trying to figure out how to stand, what to wear. Right. Where to meet friends, what yep. corner what mm-hmm. of the building you're going to, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, a lot of things being said or things happening around me that I was so clueless to, but I would I'd try and fake it. Okay. Go, oh, yeah. I know what that means. Just nod your head. Yeah. I know all about that. Right. Oh, yeah. I did that too this weekend. Right. And having none of right. those experiences right. at all. So just faking it. And then comparing that to high school, where maybe like compared to your PTA experience, I cared less. Right. It didn't. But I also had a place where I felt like I fit. So right, it didn't matter as much. Right. So let's see. Oh, I would say high school had a letter jacket, and I mean, who really cares what was underneath it? I had a letter jacket, so right. uh, Any right, anything else was Mm -hmm. fine because that by itself I fit. Right. Exactly. I, fit, I had a team. I fit with the team. And so I, I didn't worry about exactly. that. I think my uniform in school was Levi's flip-flops, mm-hmm. a pithy t-shirt, right, and, and my letter jacket. And there you go. Right. So <laughs> I didn't worry about it or pay attention to it too much because... You felt I, more confident. Yeah, I felt like I fit. Right. I felt like I fit in my environment. Absolutely. So I think we are concluding is that maybe it doesn't have as much to do with gender at all. Right. Or that at least we don't feel like we like the gender label, but that we certainly relate to the idea that when you feel like you fit in your environment, you're comfortable, 
then you feel less like an imposter. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening today to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.